Hello and welcome to what we're not sure what this is going to be yet. But this is, <laughs> this, is this is essentially me. My name is Tosin Ajayi. Um, uh, speaking to Catherine Badham. Hello, Catherine. Hello, Tosin. Yes. And this is me talking to you in a case of being a bit of a, well, well essentially an, uh, an ignoramus, so to say. Uh, <laughs> about about something that uh that you wanted that uh, you want to talk about i mean the way the way it came about was because we were talking and i was like have you ever considered doing a podcast you've got a really good voice for a podcast <laughs> and and what did you say i'm sure you say that to everyone so soon oh trust me i do not <laughs> Tr- trust me i do not i'm not going to name names but there's some people who i'm like uh, yeah I'm, I'm done listening to you now so <laughs> <laughs> But um, but yeah, yeah, no. But you, you, uh, I said, I said you go agree. Are you ever considered doing a podcast? And then you told me you just want to go ahead and tell me what it is you, you replied. Um, I think I said I hadn't. It was a few months ago, wasn't it? But I think I said I hadn't. How um, and asked you why. And then as we got chatting, I said actually there is something that um, not so much that I really want to talk about, but at times I've thought, do you know what? I wonder if other people could do with knowing more of what I've learned over my lifetime. You know, some of the stuff that I've learned through at times harsh experience, um, could that help other people? And I think that's where we got to where we are today um, in terms of if there's some information that I've got that I can pass on, mm-hmm. then I, I kind of feel like I should do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you want to go ahead and tell, um, I don't know, probably at this point the three people who are listening, <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you want to go ahead and tell them what it is that what this thing is that you're they are thinking about that that you want yeah, to talk about? So, absolutely. So, um, not so much these days, but when I was younger and and for a significant part of my life, I suffered with Crohn's colitis. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can explain either now or later on in the conversation why I call it Crohn's colitis for me. Mm-hmm. But I know there are a huge number of people out there. Who suffer with Crohn's disease and a huge number that suffer with colitis. They're very closely linked. All right. Well, oh, so, and I thought that it would be quite good because the whole idea behind this is that I really don't know that much. So, mm-hmm. it, so it, essentially, as you're telling me about what it is you've learned, you're telling a whole bunch of people about it. Because, yeah. So, you're saying that there's a different, there's two things there's Crohn's disease and Crohn's colitis. So, um, there's Crohn's disease, um, and then some people might have colitis, and then some people might have Crohn's colitis. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things as well that are kind of similar with similar symptoms. Um, there's there's um, the whole collection of these conditions would be classed as inflammatory bowel disease. Yeah. Um, but basically, with Crohn's disease, it's uh, a disease that affects the higher part of the digestive tract. With colitis, it would be the lower part of the, the digestive tract um, from the colon upwards. Um, but the reason that I, one doctor diagnosed what I have as Crohn's colitis is because they present in different ways and they affect different parts of, uh, as I say, the digestive tract. However, with mine, it was uh, colitis in terms of the area but then it would spread in the same way that Crohn's disease would and it it actually affected the higher part as well so it it would kind of jump throughout my digestive tract and and cause the inflammation throughout the whole of my um, digestive system so 
so that working from a layman's point of view that sounds like the worst of both worlds <laughs> yeah i guess it was like yeah i guess it, it was but neither one of them um is nice neither one of them is something that you would wish on your worst enemy um and that everybody suffers in different ways there's there's quite a few symptoms that you get with it and people get different symptoms at different times mm. yeah, yeah because before you mentioned this my my experience with Crohn's was very very limited i think there's one of my friends who um back in london who had it and it, um, i think it was Crohn's disease and he said that it was so bad that sometimes it felt like like razors in his in his stomach and yeah. because he said that it actually he there was a chance that he could pass it on to his children he mm -hmm. was adamant that he was not having kids because he thought it was so bad for him that there was no chance that he was going to do that and pass that on and um that that was one and i, I mentioned that because i want to talk a little bit about you and your life and where you've gotten to at this point in time and how you've managed it yeah and um and the second thing is that um over christmas uh christmas 2020 obviously there was there's a pandemic going on everybody's at home in pretty much a lockdown my wife and i just started watching things on iplayer and they turned out to be there is a dancer on strictly come dancing called amy dowden uh, a welsh dancer who had a documentary on BBC iPlayer called Crohn's and Me, and it's she's talking about the fact that she's had Crohn's disease, she's lived with this her whole life, but she's a professional dancer, and it's about how she manages the two things, and that is pretty much the edge of the, that's pretty that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge when it comes to this. It, uh, so that's what I want to speak to you. So so going back to what I was talking about, my friend and all that, who from okay, so from what I know that that was not your path that's not what you ended up you didn't think this is so bad i'm, a, I'm, a, I'm running a chance of running passing this thing on you just tell us a little bit about your life and where you've got into what you've done yeah i will um but if i can first tosin i i, I want to say you know it's completely understandable that you haven't heard more about this um and i saw amy's program we actually watched it this week and my husband and my kids watched it with me um both my husband and i agreed how relatable it was and how well she put across what she'd been through and is going through still yeah. um i i really am so happy that people like amy are talking about it because the reason you don't hear that much about it is people don't always want to talk about it they don't always feel like they should talk about it we're in a society where you know talking about these kind of things that the way that this condition affects you um it can be reasonably taboo and I think that that doesn't help people, young young people, children at school who are suffering with this. And it, it makes them feel more isolated because they feel not only are they going through it, but not enough people know en enough about it or, or they feel like they can't talk about it. It's too embarrassing to talk about it. Um, and I, I really am so pleased that people like Amy, other celebrities will now talk about it and and let's try and make this less of a taboo subject because it is a horrible condition to live with um so in terms of your friends and i'll go back to your question um i completely understand where your comes your friend is coming from because it is um they say that there's a predisposition to having crohn's or colitis therefore i don't know if they've worked it out yet as to a specific gene but if you've got family members who have had it before you then there's a higher chance that you're going to get it. Mm. That doesn't mean necessarily that when you have children, they're going to have Crohn's or colitis. And I know that there are lots of conditions, you know, they're 
finding out more and more every day with genetics that other things like asthma, obviously diabetes, and there are lots of conditions out there that you don't pass them on to your kids, but you might have a predisposition through your genetic makeup that you're going to have one thing or another. But if you show me one person that is born into this world who doesn't suffer at all, who doesn't have one health condition as they go through life, I'll um, I'll question your truthfulness or I'll say <laughs> that perhaps they're not human because that's what makes us human. I Every day I, I worry and I hope that my kids don't have to go through what I went through. However, with the knowledge that I've now based, uh, found, like, uh, found based on what I went through, I feel that I can prevent and I could hopefully they 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 won't have to get ill um but i can't say that my kids are going to grow through that go through their life and they're never going to get ill they're never going to fall down and bump their knee nothing bad is ever going to happen to them because as much as we'd all pay millions for that to happen nothing can make that happen Mm. um so in terms of uh, my history and i i think i'm probably going off track here but no 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 this is good so When I got ill, I was 12 years old and I didn't realize I was ill. I I just thought I'd had a bit of, it was close to Christmas. Um, I'd not been feeling great. I thought I had a bit of a tummy bug and things kept getting worse. Every day, instead of getting better, I was feeling worse and worse. Um, I was running to the toilet constantly, way too many times than, than is healthy and my mum, of course, knew the signs to look for because she had suffered with colitis and my sister had suffered with Crohn's disease. So my mum was kind of keeping a close eye on me and actually went to the, she took me to the GP and could straight away say to him, she's presenting with the same symptoms. Um, of course, then the the obvious hospital appointments followed um, and they diagnosed me with Crohn's disease. Um for me, it would get to the point, if, if I explain the way it works in the body, yeah. so you know, if you look inside your mouth and you you know that the lining of your mouth is, is very healthy and it's pink and smooth, sometimes you might get a mouth ulcer. People don't always know what causes them, but you know how painful that can be. And then when you eat something, the, the pain of that is exacerbated because it's some, the chemicals in the food agitate that mouth ulcer. Yeah. With someone who's got colitis or Crohn's disease, those ulcers could be anywhere throughout the digestive tract. So um, with colitis, as I said earlier, they would be more in the colon, which is the lower end of the digestive tract. And they tend to spread from what would be a small ulcer, which just grows and grows and gets bigger in one place. Um, Excuse me, because I'm going to cough. Excuse me. Um, But with Crohn's disease, those ulcers could jump. They they happen at the higher end of the digestive tract, so anywhere from the esophagus down, and they can jump so that they could be in patches, more like a the the skin of a cow. You know, you, it's patchy. Mm. Hello. Okay. Come more and more. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So last um, thing I heard those, you say was like the skin of a cow, it's patchy. Yeah, so it's patchy. And then someone who's got inflammatory bowel disease, the ulcers, if they if they can't be 
um, you know, if that if that fire can't be put out, if the ulcers can't be reduced by medicine, then they they become more and more. So they get bigger and they spread throughout the digestive tract. So what you end up with is uh, a, a digestive tract which is very very ulcerated. So um, the the bowel becomes incredibly ulcerated, and then every time you eat those ulcers get more and more agitated and irritated. So that's where the pain comes from. Um, And I think what I didn't even realize at times in terms of stepping back from thinking about how I was feeling, because I I got it so young, I didn't realize how rough I was feeling because I didn't really have a benchmark of what it felt like to be a very healthy teenager or a very healthy 20-something because... Mm. I would get better, but then, lo and behold, um, I would get another attack because we didn't know what was causing it, and I would get ill again. And every time you get ill, your whole body takes a knock. And because of the ulceration within the bowel, the bowel doesn't do its job properly. It can't because it's really, really struggling, and it's really in a bad way. So when you're eating and drinking, instead of the food being digested in a normal way and there being this great strong barrier that stops the toxins in the food leaking into um the rest of your sort of system yeah what happens is the bowel becomes more permeable and the toxins and the things that aren't meant to pass into your bloodstream do and therefore you when you're eating you feel quite poisoned and and it's not just when you eat something it's actually all of the time and you have this feeling of fatigue. It's not just, oh, I've just run a marathon and now I'm tired. It's, I've got no energy. I'm not getting any nutrients. My body's really not happy with me. It's very inflamed. And and I'm kind of getting poisoned by the food that I'm eating. Oh, um, so it, you, you can't explain that to someone until you've gone through it. But I think anyone listening to this who has the condition will be able to relate to that. And I, I'm sorry, um, but, but while you... Uh, you just made the back of my legs go funny when you were describing it. Uh, it's like, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, sorry. It's wait, pretty wait. graphic. No, 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 no. But I mean, obviously, this is what you're talking about. You're talking about having to talk about this and talk about this in a way that people understand what's going on. And it's because it, it's it's a little bit hidden. It's one of those things where for anybody looking at you from the outside, they'll think, well, you look fine. What, what's, what's going on? Yeah. But the description of it being like a mouth ulcer, but happening in like in your digestive tract and oh god oh oh good lord um yeah yeah that's that is making me that's making the back of my legs go funny (laughs) yeah and and i think you're absolutely right that a lot of the people who are suffering i mean there are classic signs that someone's suffering sometimes they might look like they're anorexic because you become incredibly thin a lot of the time the food that you're eating depending on how it affects you but it can just sort of pass straight through your system your body's not digesting it it's not taking in what it needs um Mm. you also get to a point where you don't want to eat because you're associating every time you eat with the pain and and absolute sort of crippling stomach pain um and then obviously you you get thinner often you'll be quite pale because you can become ill and anemic you have shadows under your eyes um Sorry, we, uh, the kids are all working from home at the moment, and my lad's just come in and he's sort of waving his lunch at me and <laughs> asking me if he can put it, if he can heat it up. So um, I just got a bit distracted there. No, no but, problem, no problem. 
over the years, because you live with it, because there's no specific cure to it, you learn ways of making yourself look healthier. Um, you know, for a woman, you can put some makeup on. Many of us women sort of aspire to be slim anyway, whether that's right or wrong in our society. But you're right that you wouldn't necessarily know from looking at someone that they're suffering with this. And people don't always talk about it. And, and actually, I often found that when I was ill, if I looked healthier, when I looked in the mirror, if I put a little bit of makeup on and I, I actually felt better because psychologically, I mean, you look at yourself in the mirror and you look awful, you feel even worse. Um, mm. So I think people, you know, often as well, you're going into work feeling like it because if it was a flu, a flu bug or if it was that you'd broken your arm, you would give in to the fact that you're going to need a couple of weeks off work or maybe a month off work or whatever it might be yeah. and that you're going to go back to work and you'll be healthy and healed and you'll not think about it again. And actually that time you can cope with. You know that a couple of weeks off work isn't great, but actually it's a one-off and, and that's that. But when you're living with a condition that you never know when it's going to come back, you you don't want to take the time off because you think if I take time off now, then I'm not going to have that time later on. And I, you feel like you're building up a record of, of sickness. And, yeah. and many of us don't want that. You know, we, we, many employers really don't want that person working for them that they think, Oh, are they going to be off ill again? So you learn ways of just kind of living with the pain and, and just getting on with it a lot of the time. That, sorry, this it, it just it it, it it okay. Uh, now the good thing is that we know that you have figured out a way of dealing with this. Um, yeah. Um, but f at the moment, what you're saying to me, it just sounds it sounds unmanageable. Like, it sounds it sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? And I think that <laughs> um, you know, I want to I don't want to paint it black, but I want to give it as it is, and I want people who are suffering with it right now to feel like. Hallelujah, there is someone else out there who's feeling what I'm feeling. I'm not just feeling unwell. I'm feeling like, God, is there hope? Well, how am I going to live my life this way? Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things that as much as you, you know, if you're in a boxing ring and, and someone knocks you down, you, you get yourself back up. But how many times can you keep doing that? And you need someone to say, actually I'm going through this as well and, and I can get back up and you will get back up and there is light at the end of the tunnel and I don't want to sit here today and say that I've found a cure for it because I really have not but I've found ways of helping myself and I've actually got to a point where they class it as remission you know you're in remission if you haven't had an attack for a number of months or a number of years and actually my kids now at the age that they're at they don't they had to ask me the other day they were like mum when was the last time that you were real um so I feel like I've come a long way in being able to manage it and that's empowering because you know to feel like you can take some control back and you can find ways of getting through it and find ways of making yourself stronger mm. that feels good and and to to be able to share that with other people it feels like a duty like an obligation not just a chat hello tosin here thank you for listening to the first episode of what we have decided to call learning about crohn's with Catherine. 
Now, Catherine is really, really key that this is something that could be used to help people or just let people know that they're not on their own. So if you are a Crohn's sufferer or know about somebody with Crohn's disease, please do get in touch. If you, wherever you got this podcast from, you can find an email on there to get in touch with the uh, creator or just send it to Tosin, that's T-O-S-I-N, at toesin at T-O-E-S-I-N dot com. So that, that's T-O-S-I-N at T-O-E-S-I-N dot com. And um, I will pass them on to Catherine. I will see. Maybe we will even get you to talk about your experiences in on another podcast. Anyway, thank you very much for uh, joining us with this. Thank you. Bye.